left and right. <laughs> Yo, what up, everybody? Thank you for watching The Real Word. Shout out to everybody who's been watching. Shout out to everybody who's been supporting. This is season four, episode 26. Merry Christmas. So, <laughs> we never yeah. see Happy holidays to everyone that's watching. You know, um, we hope that you get in your holly your ha holiday shopping going on, you I know. I get my ugly sweater. Um, <laughs> don't go, don't go too broke shopping, you know. Um, but shout out to everybody that's been supporting. Shout out to everybody that subscribed to the YouTube. That's not an ugly sweater, um, bro. That's a we we finally hit over a thousand subscribers on the YouTube. So shout out to everybody that's been following us on YouTube. Um, shout out to everybody that follows us on Instagram. That's at the Real Word Ministries Inc. on Instagram. The Real Word Ministries Inc. on Instagram. The Real Word TV on YouTube. One word: The Real Word TV on YouTube. Um, the Real Word Podcast on Apple Podcast. Um, and the website is www.therealwordministriesinc.org. That's therealwordministriesinc.org. And we on the Brick Network every Tuesday and Thursday at um, noon, 1 a.m. and 4, 4 p.m. So shout out to everybody that's been watching. Shout out to everybody that's been supporting. Um, today we got a special guest. Introduce yourself, sir. Emmanuel Lucent. Uh, yeah, that's it. That's it. You got you got to display your resume and everything. My resume. Um, yeah, tell me a little bit about yourself. <laughs> special education teacher, uh, middle school. Um, certified to do middle school and high school. Middle school. Certified to do special education and any other subject. Good times. So, so why do you think they call it special education? That's a good question. Why do I think it's called special education? It's an easier way to pinpoint African Americans. So, Ooh. like, if you want to keep it real, special education means you're labeled with something called the IEP. Mm-hmm. I, that's independent living plan? In individualized education program. Okay, cool. And in welfare, they call it independent living plan. <laughs> that's another that's another singling out the black people <laughs> that's that's a, so once you're labeled with that and you'll get it you're supposed to get it if you have a like you a, a deficit okay but especially in these communities i work in east new york you get it for just that's being a boy is this still a hood i guess is it still the hood yeah of course yeah, it's still a hood i think so like, it is why wouldn't it be? They haven't made it that far yet. They're gentrifying. They got to what up to Crown Heights, well, slowly. I mean, I think they're getting close. Yeah. I think they are getting close. How do you feel about the gentrified thing? Is it really like it's like you know, in this weird way, like zombies, you know, invading? It's just slowly infecting the area. <laughs> but I guess in a positive way. I guess that's one way to put it. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you gotta look at it, like take your, your glasses off for, for a second. What it does is it's people coming into your community and legitimately just pumping money in mm-hmm. so you can't afford to be there. Yeah, exactly. I know. Shout to Emmanuel, the other Emmanuel preacher. He's watching us live. He said, well, what up to everybody? So shout out to Emmanuel. He's always there supporting the show. So shout out to Emmanuel. Alright, Emmanuel to Emmanuel. This is <laughs> got the And they both Haitians. Stop I say. Don't do that. I've been I've been converted into the culture. Yeah, so you know not to do that, man. Oh man. Everybody know that one word. Stop <laughs> no, I'm not, not saying, no, I'm not saying that. I'm not, not bullying, nothing. <laughs> but yeah, I think I think what you were saying earlier about the whole um special education thing. Um, there's there's a guy that speaks about that a lot. Um, Dr. Umar Johnson. He says that um, they diagnose these black kids with ADHD, which basically is just a boy being a boy that just wants to play. Yeah, he got energy. Yeah, that can't sit still. Um, me having a toddler, um, like, like my son. Like, what happened with him is, he goes to Success Academy and they put him under a grading system where like they basically treat the kids like stoplights. So they're either on green, yellow, or red, um, depending on how much infractions they get for the day. So they start them off at, at, at green, right? So they want these kids to sit still, hold their hands, and fold for hours. Slam. And it's not realistic because he starts class at 7.30 in the morning. That's when he got the most energy. Exactly. And, and it was one time when I – it's been a few times we had to come up to the school – but it was one time I came into the school, and 
I pressed the principal. I'm like, yo, like, do you really expect a five a, a, a five year old to sit still for that long? And I was like, be realistic with yourself. When you was his age, were you able to sit that long? Yes or no? And he looked at me like, uh, 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 uh. and I'm like, answer the question. Uh, yes uh, or no? <laughs> <laughs> he was like, he was like, uh, well, no. I said exactly. See, that guy's wild nowadays, man. And then he was like, and then he was like, yeah, but you know, um, this school holds kids to a higher standard than the schools that I was going to when I was growing up. I said, yeah, and you're holding these kids up to unrealistic standards and you're trying to turn them into robots like you're trying to take away their individuality you trying to take away their creativity exactly trying to program them for society to be a slave basically society's been doing that that's been the american i gotta be devil's advocate here oh we got that's why we have a teacher here to represent so like (laughs) as someone who works in the public school system there's a difference between a rigid routine Mm-hmm. which is what Success Academy has, which I don't like Success Academy, by the way. But okay. that rigid routine prepares them when they go to middle school and you're most likely going to pull them out mm. by the time they get to middle school. The only difference is when your son goes into junior high school, he's going to be able to read at the level he's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he does He does read and he knows math at a high level. I give him that much. They do these these math drills with them where they give them 20 questions for them to answer in about five minutes. And like he he's very good in math. I give him that. And it's funny because in that whole school, like in his class, there's only two black kids, and he's one of them. So when I go pick him up, they 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 already know who I'm there to pick up. <laughs> so. It's such an awkward experience being like one of the few black parents. Even at the school PS two twelve, I'm going there for Emily's performance, and I'm walking in there. It's like I know the only other three black guys. That have. <laughs> it's just like hey, hey. exactly, and it's crazy, it's but. Like, it's a little awkward, but the one good thing about raising a kid in a good neighborhood is. They're not as materialistic as kids that grew up in low-income neighborhoods. That's true. But I don't some, have to hear about Jordan. Exactly. <laughs> they don't know what that is. And, <laughs> and that's a good thing, you know, because they're more focused on versus the sneakers that they like and the colors of the sneakers that they like versus the pockets to, like, what it looks like, you know. Mm-hmm. And they and they get to focus more on education. Like, them going to school in uniform and wearing dress shoes and dressing for success. They don't try to look different, you know. Exactly. And the classes are named after colleges. And and I think that's the point where it's like Success Academy has all these negative things with it, but all the stuff is providing your kids that different opportunity than what we seen True. in school, what we seen growing up. It's like, you know what? Yeah, it's sitting which sitting up straight with your hands crossed ain't that much fun to do. But knowing what it's preparing your son for, like I got kids in my class now in eighth grade that read at third grade level. Wow. So mm-hmm. it's like, what, yeah. which one would you rather? Like, yeah, you could be a kid, but you're just not gonna know how to read. You're not gonna make no money. True. No, he's Damn. a very smart kid. I give him that. He's been, we've been fortunate to live in decent neighborhoods, I would say, and because we've lived in decent neighborhoods, they've been able to go to decent schools. I you still know? to this day, I'm not sure. It's Canarsie a good neighborhood or a bad neighborhood? Canarsie used to be a great neighborhood. When I was younger, the mayor came to the school. That's how good of the school it was. Like Mayor Giuliani and his mistress. So, um, so we didn't grow up in the hood, man. We good. We no, Canarsie <laughs> started becoming the hood when all the people from East Flatbush started to get some money and move in. Like once the East Flatbush, why are you targeted like, that? Where are you from, Because it is what it is. I'm from Flatbush. Because when the East, <laughs> when when the East Flatbush people start to move into Canarsie, like that's that's when the game Flatbush, started Flatbush. getting messed up. Like you, you know, it I'm is not what East it is. Flatbush. You were You just brought <laughs> you just brought crime with you instead. You ain't bring- they gentrified Canarsie for the worst. <laughs> when I first moved into Canarsie. Well, when I first moved into Canarsie, I was nine years old. So that's like what? That's like 20, 21 years a, ago. Okay. Twenty-one years ago, they still had white people in Canarsie until they had white flight. I moved in like two thousand. You know, I was like ten years old. I think it was a good neighborhood. So nah, there was no more white people by that time. <laughs> nah, there was that one guy, my neighbor. When the white people seen the black people moving in, they was like, ah, it's time to go. <laughs> 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 
So it is what it is, you I know? Mean, my yeah. first neighbor was white, too. He taught me how to skateboard and everything. Wow. See, I had a white neighbor, then too, you man. came, and now look. Then you, you came? <laughs> you came, you, you, you gentrified Kandasi for the worst. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't even bring no Starbucks or was, nothing. We was playing basketball on the crates, man. I was still a part of the hood. Wow. <laughs> you didn't bring no... And you ain't played ball on the crates. Like, Kandasi used to be like the Beverly Hills... Of black Apparently, when I went to high school, everyone was like, oh, you part of the Canarsie boys. I'm like, yeah. we're a thing? Like, yeah. <laughs> if people from the hood, like people from Flatbush, Crown Heights, um, Bushwick, Brownsville, if they heard that you was from Canarsie, like, oh, you from Canarsie? Yo, oh, you from, you from the floors. You got money. <laughs> like, that was the thought. Like, you live in a house. <laughs> it was like, oh, you live in Canarsie? Oh, you live in a house? Oh, your parents have a house? It's crazy. Growing up, you kind of take it for granted. Like it was, it was nothing to you. It was just a regular. You know, this is my life. Like I'm not yeah. thinking that much of it. Not really doing much comparisons. But when you do the comparisons, it's like, oh, look at the difference. Yeah. <laughs> even now, Kenosi houses are still a decent amount. Like they're not cheap. Shoot, like I can't even really get own house in Kenosi. Like facts. <laughs> I grew up there. Yeah, they like in the six hundreds. They slowly get into the six hundreds now. Back then, my parents bought their first house in Kenosi for I think a, a little bit over a quarter, a quarter of a million dollars. Right. Now that same house, yeah, my mom went triple. Yeah. Went triple, bro. Like three times, three I four even, times. We didn't even get it appraised. I, I don't know how. You you can check online. The, the way your house is valued is it's based upon the other the, houses next to you. It's based upon the price that the last house on that block sold for. Ooh. Yeah, that's how they base it on. in the 600. Yeah, Canarsie. <laughs> like, I'm looking for a house now. I can't afford to live in Brooklyn. No, it's hard. They're really making it hard, man. It's hard. You need two jobs, three jobs, pretty much. And you got to sell coke on the side. <laughs> <laughs> you got to hug the block. Sell that in the city, man. You know, Manhattan making it, Brooklyn taking it back. That's what it is. <laughs> Facts, facts. <laughs> Shout to Andrew John on the check-in. Shout to you, brother. Another powerful brother that done graced our platform. Shout, shout to you, man. Shout to all the people that came on this platform. All the talented young people. I'm Andrew John, like he's an author. He's like also a singer. <laughs> so he does a lot, you know. So shout to him. It's a lot of good people that pulled up on the show that's been helping us, that's been doing all these things. So shout to all you guys and we thank you all for or your continued support. Yeah, man. So back to the conversation that we was having, right, about Dr. Umar Johnson and the whole special ed thing. He said that it was a, a, a way where they could target people of color, like minorities. And unfortunately, a lot of kids in these minority neighborhoods, they grow up with these diseases because of their parents. That Some parents did drugs. Some parents, you know, they smoked while they was pregnant. Or the environment, pain, yeah, and the I environment that they grew up in. I remember when I, when I was working in the South Bronx a couple of years ago as a social worker, and there was a lady right outside the corner store smoking a cigarette, and people had to whisk her away, like move, like there's a bunch of social workers over here, <laughs> crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, whatever, whatever. She like, whenever she got to catch a fix, like sound like the South Bronx. Yeah, the man. Bronx is a different kind of. What do you? What is the Bronx? Do we even call that the hood, or is that like still called the ghetto? Like what? They trying to change the South Bronx, like they trying to call the South Bronx Sobro, just like Soho. Yeah. <laughs> they got a long way to go. They yeah. got. I don't think it's I gonna mean, be in our lifetime. If we, it's closer than East New York, though. It's closer than Manhattan. Like, in terms of like turning it around. Mm-hmm. After working in the East and working in the South Bronx, I think the South Bronx is closer okay. to making that switch. I haven't East been in East New York in a while. Because it's closer know, to Manhattan, okay. I think. East I New think. York was back in the thought days, you know. That was the only reason I had to go out there. Yeah. <laughs> Change, man. Exactly. Like, I, I got no business out there no more. I think the further it is from Manhattan, the harder it is to gentrify it. And I think the closer it is to Manhattan, the quicker it gets gentrified. Like, look at downtown Brooklyn. They got skyscrapers down there. They have a whole stadium, you know. I was at People can't afford rent down there at all no more. They put Barclays there, but Barclays was like, it was a staple for Brooklyn, but then it just increased the rent for everyone else. It's like, now it's out of reach. 
that was an okie doke. Yeah. Yeah, I did hit us hard with. I mean, I feel like Barclays is needed though, man. I think so. Yeah. Why? Gave Brooklyn its own identity, I'll say. I mean, but it always had its identity. Like Brooklyn was always the city. You could walk up in any place. You don't say I'm from New York. You say I'm from Brooklyn. That's a fact. And people know. Like, I feel like it just we needed we needed another milestone. I feel like we just got another accomplishment. We already got the best rappers. I feel like now we're gonna have one of the best sports teams because you know we got Kyrie and KD and. One of them could go down, and it's still going to be a good chance of us doing good in the playoffs. Yeah, but like, at what cost, bro? A lot of people got pushed out their homes. A lot of people's doing bad because of down there. They have said that they claimed that they were going to build a lot of affordable housing. But their definition of affordable is not our definition of affordable. (laughs) That's true. Yeah, I don't make enough money to go into the affordable housing downtown. I had got a chance to do some West West um, West Eighth Street affordable housing, and then they said the income don't match up. I was like, oh damn! I see how it. I'm like, at least I got picked. I made it this far. <laughs> <laughs> Even AJ, he was like, he don't make enough for that. And then he said the only thing that they tried to offer him was a micro apartment, like one of those new age, small, tiny apartments that they have for millennials. They really just I, I don't know. That's like a box. And even that was different. three thousand dollars a month. What do you think about the millennials? I mean, they I, don't need much. They just need their phone, gadgets, and, <laughs> and they like to travel. Like yeah. my sister's a millennial. Um, I would say, and she one day she took out all the furniture out of her bed and she put a futon on the floor as as her bed. Even though my mom had bought her like a whole bed set, and she was just like she want to be, she want to live minimal, you know. And I think that's. I think the millennials want to just get up and go whenever they want to, and that's why a lot of them travel. A lot of them is cultured, you know, especially if they have the luxury to do so. Because True. You yeah, need that luxury, age, you know, yeah. um, before they have children and any responsibilities. Before they have to pay for rent, really. You know, and the fact that a lot of them graduated college, so they get decent jobs. So, yeah. like, so some of them get jobs just to build enough to travel, pay off bills, quit the job, travel, come back, get another job. <laughs> I, actually met, I actually met people traveling. They was like, they worked just for the whole year so they could travel for six months straight and then find another job. Like, yeah, they, they that don't make people. no sense. It's a lot of people that do that. They don't. They look at it as, you know, they only work for their traveling. Yeah. Because and, and some people laugh at people that work all the time. They say that they're slaves. Mm-hmm. They like, they really, I like to travel, but I feel like with that, you don't ever build a home, you know, your own home or even your own family because a lot of these millennials are single. But Jesus didn't have a home. He said, be, when the disciples were to follow him, he said, be aware the foxes of the ground have holes and the birds of the airs have nests, but the Son of God have no place to lay his head. So maybe they're going based on that philosophy. Nah, they're not Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, can't, I can't speak on what Jesus He's like that. Nah, nah, they're not, not, the, in, that, they're they, not in that conversation. They, they doing, they're not healing people. <laughs> they're just living without responsibilities. Like, yeah, yeah, basically. They're, they're really like renegades. Like, they freelance and everything. Even they, what they want in relationships, they don't care. They just... Yeah, if it don't work out, they keep it pushing. <laughs> they don't understand. You, you gotta do some work sometime. Like, but if you think about millennials, like Ricardo said, you, it's, a, it's a level of privilege with it. Like, you don't see nobody growing up broke, and then that's the person that want to travel because traveling wasn't an option to you ever. Like, <laughs> exactly. Like when you where you get a passport from? How you? Exactly. Passports are expensive. <laughs> and honestly, I didn't start traveling until I met my wife. You know. Um, first place we went, I think, was California. Then we went to Florida. No, we went to Miami, South Beach, Florida. And then we started going to different countries. And I was talking to someone the other day, and I was telling them about the places I went. They're like, wow, you traveled a lot. And I was like, did I? And I was like, yeah, I kind of did. And she was the one that made me get the passport, I could say, you know. Um, I think you do look at the world different when you travel. You do see things differently. Yeah. yeah. You see, you see the different culture. I could say it's more love most of the time, but there are people when you go on vacation that think that they shots or they think they gangsta that's gonna try you. 
Mm-hmm. That's when you gotta flex that muscle. The card is always ready to press. Bro, I had to, always, <laughs> bro, I had to pull up on someone's boat and press them one time, bro. <laughs> you notice the scenarios? It'd be like in their comfort zone. First, I press the principal in his school, no, and I press this guy on his boat. Like, <laughs> How you just drop that and leave it? Yeah, I press them on the boat. Let's move on. <laughs> Because nah, he was on the boat, and then he looked at the other guys on the boat to see if they had his back, and then they were just like, and then he hopped on the boat, and came up to me, and he tried to dab me, I'm like, nah, bro, I'm not dapping you, <laughs> like, and I was like, you see, I know where you at every morning, bro, stop playing games. <laughs> I had to press this guy on the boat, like, yeah, man, like, I was like, you want to swim? <laughs> <laughs> while you was on vacation? Yeah, while I was on vacation. Okay. I told them, like, yo, I'm on vacation. You ruined my vacation. We're going to do your silly antics. Apologize. <laughs> <laughs> apologize. Yeah, you're ruining, you're ruining my vacation. What's wrong with you? With your antics, Kiss bro. the ring. Like, like, Kiss the ring. Apologize. Nah, I told, I told him, don't do that anymore. And don't do that to anybody anymore. And I told him, like, he could get touched. You're going to fly down me. I had to let him know, bro. I, I I told him, yo, I had to control myself because this is not my country, but at the same time. You did a great job. <laughs> you you did a great disrespecting me. <laughs> I think you did a great job in another country, man. I don't know how far you would have went in New York. Well, uh, I had to control myself, man. Nah, you, but you're right. It's usually mostly love outside the country. Man. Yeah, way more love than here. Way more love than it. New York is really what they call a concrete jungle, man. It's really like the modern day version of that jungle. Like there's of like course. animals out there. Like mm. I would say, in the sense of, I would say Labor Day and you know being a part of more of the Jamaican side of things. I see like there's really like some people that's in battle mode all the time like they don't have no chill button they always ready to press somebody (laughs) even when think about when you take the train making eye contact with people on the train in new york could lead to somebody giving you a grill like if you look at that exactly there's a way to combat it like like me nowadays you know i try to smoothen it out you know having kids having a daughter like that helped me to like you know Chill out. That was like the realest JV line. He was like, I got a daughter, gotta get softer. I was like, that's oh. real. <laughs> Yo, that line makes so much sense to me. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so like it, now, like, if I'm in public and someone pressing me, I just say, Yo, what's good, man? How you doing? <laughs> and, and, and sometimes they're like, hey, what's good, man? Or they just be like, what? And they just walk off. They get caught off guard by your kindness and respect. Yeah, it's always smart to show respect. And, you know, respect is respect. Yeah. Everybody deserves that in the beginning, at least. You lose respect, you know? Exactly. Over time. <laughs> yeah. Nah, but my daughter changed me completely. Like, how so? Now it's like, I wake up, like, yo, normally, like, I don't want to go to work today. I'm going to stay home. Like, now it's like, nah, I gotta go to work. Like, now it's like, yo, I got a good job, stable job, finish with school. But, like, that's not enough money. Like, I need... You need to like, keep hustling. I got to keep hustling. Like, I need her to not have to work as hard exactly. as I did. Like, But wouldn't you say that's spoiling the kids, too? Because I feel like the millennials also have that mindset of they White people do it all the time. You're right. Like, why do my kids got to struggle? Like, no. Like, I struggled. It ain't fun. Like, mm-mm. the struggle ain't fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like, why am I doing? Nah, I want her to be able to be like, yo, I want to travel the world. I want, I want her to be a millennial, to have that freedom. Where it's like, yo, you know what, Dad? I want, I want to take a semester off. I want to backpack through Europe. Like, that's not some shit we ever thought about. Yeah. About that. I think that that's true. I still haven't stepped foot in Europe yet. I know you have a few times, right? Yeah. They treat us like we're LeBron James, bro. Like, bro. <laughs> yeah. They look at all of us like we're athletes. Like we're like giants out there. Yeah, them. it's, it's like you even... gotta be rich to pull up. <laughs> and mind you, we don't, you don't really gotta be flashy. Their terms of me wearing a regular suit, bro. They thought it was like, what? You are fly. Like you dressed up right now to go to this party. I'm like, this is how I normally dress. They're like, what? It was so bad that in a 
in a Brooklyn sense of things, dudes was there with their girl and cheerleading for us. Like, it's just. That's crazy. <laughs> like, I need to go there. There's like, yeah. It's, dudes was just saying, yeah, I, know, I saw him yesterday at the party. I know him. Like, yeah, I mean, the black man is God. <laughs> they really see us like that. Yeah, that's what there. it is. It's only in America that they change the perception of black men based on the media's perspective and how they show us on. Um, treating us and the way we we grew up, and recently I went to HRA. For those that don't know HRA, that's the Human Resource Administration, basically the welfare office. Um, so I went there with a client, right? And he went there to get a one-shot deal. A one-shot deal basically is like you're you, you're going to the government and asking for money to help pay for something one time, supposedly. Mm -hmm. um, it's either that or you asking them for a loan. Most time people use it when they're behind in their rent or when they're trying to move into a new place and they can't afford the first month rent, first month security, mm -hmm. which is two times the rent. Um, so there's a whole bunch of people in there, you know, low-income people. So they're over there talking and they're talking about, oh, um, F college, because um, you don't need college. And, and, and I'm looking at these people like, you you're saying, you can get, right? you're talking bad about college, but yeah, almost everyone that's here servicing you went to college. And you're the one begging, and they're the one giving. So, and they were like, no, 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 but, but you'll get a trade. I'm like, okay, I hear a lot of people say that. I hear that a lot. You don't have to go to college, you could get a trade. Yes, you can get a trade. You would get welding, automobile engineering, electrical engineering, um, computer coding and things, things of that thing. Mm -hmm. But not a lot of these Negroes growing up in the projects that watching yeah, their yeah. parents do nothing, and they're not doing nothing, are going to do it. Most of the people I knew from the hood that went to these things to get trades is because they went to jail, then they end up being on welfare, then they had to go to back to work program where they make you work for your welfare, or they went to jail and it was mandated to go to the bride or like some back to work program. And, and they'll go all the way like someplace in the middle of nowhere and they go and do well and they do welding or something like that. And those are hard jobs. Like those are not easy yeah, jobs where you just focus. sit down yeah, and you chill. Like it's manual labor jobs, like really hard. And a lot of these dudes, they want to get high, they're lazy and they're not going to do those jobs, you know? So for you to be like, oh yeah, I'm going to go get me a trade. That's not realistic because you're right here in the welfare office three generations. It's your grandmother, your, your mother and you in the welfare office. Yeah. None of y'all got a trade. But you're talking about F college to other people. Why? So the guy I went with, he's sitting next to me. And, he, and I'm like, so what do you think? He's like, man, I, I've always had a job. I'm like, yeah, you always had a job. But you on SSI right now, you only make $750 a, a month. He's like, yeah, but I always had me a job. I always got me a job. I, I did good. And I said, oh, so do you have your GED? He's like, nah, I was 12 points away from getting that GED. And I didn't get it. I said, okay, so do you think your life would have been a different if you got your GED? Hell yeah, my life would have been different. I wouldn't be here right now asking for money. I'm like, exactly. But yeah, you, you were talking bad about college. You couldn't get to college because you didn't finish high school and you didn't get a GED. And, and you now you're your stuck here. You know your life would be better because you would have had more options to do different things, you know? Mm -hmm. Education is just a vehicle, you know? And it depends on what type of education you have. But if you start at the very lowest of life, it's even harder to climb out. And education becomes that vehicle that helps you climb out. Gets you know? different areas that can help you. Exactly. Build your ship. Exactly, because it's not a lot of people that's in high positions that's going to help you if you're not well educated. If you, if you can't even carry a conversation, which most of them can't. That just brought me back. I'm not even going to talk about it. But I mean, like, you got to, like, I also look at it, like, through the other side, too, is, like, working in education itself. Like the system is it? The system was never created for certain people, right? And you got people like I have a few students now. Like one girl, for example, like her sisters got kids all before they graduated middle school. Wow. So it was like, yeah, she's probably not gonna end up finishing high school. That's a lot. But is that like at what point do we start looking at the society around them as like is it nature or nurture? Like, do you not think school's important because of you or based on your environment? Like, if it's usually the environment. I said the environment, because look at the welfare office, a full of a whole bunch of people. And you know what they spoke about after they said college is whack? They started talking about how bad their projects is, how, how, pe pe how people got killed over jackets, 
how you 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 couldn't walk through a certain project at a certain time and they was bragging about it one thing they do well is they put us in situations where i'll say we're in low income areas so slow everyone knows there's fast money and there's slow money survival mode yeah exactly and when you're in survival mode you're not really thinking about slow money you don't got that type of mindset because you're like how long can i make it school's an year. investment it takes a while yeah exactly so i can see why they'd be backlash in college and a lot of them you know is trying to do the fast money route because they just want to get out as soon as possible they they want to escape that's why a lot of them is doing weed drinking they're doing all these things to escape their reality which is it's kind of messed up they didn't really ask to be born in this life mm-hmm. somebody have them and then they're in this life where they have to hustle and everyone to them is like an enemy or they're always in survival mode and that's just the way it's been that's why i feel like we need more of those help centers that can you know raise the kings and raise the queens up make them feel like they don't gotta do it by themselves because once you feel like you by yourself then everyone's the enemy then you're in gun mode you know <laughs> but then look now you're living in a project apartment with your mother right and you have no father because your father is either in jail or he left, right? Mm-hmm. So now you living in there with your mother off a fixed income, living under the 200% poverty level, mm-hmm. and your rent is only about $200, and you're living off of $300 worth of food stamps a month, right? Mm-hmm. And since you get a new pair of Jordans every 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 week or once a month, you think you're the person, right? You think you're, you're that dude or you're that chick, right? Mm-hmm. It's either the dope boy that's giving the girl the latest phone in the Lelay sneaker or the guy that's selling drugs or he's robbing to get the new sneaker, right? Mm-hmm. So boom. Now now the boy, the, the adult boy, he ends up getting the girl pregnant that lives with her mother in the project apartment. Now she has a kid. Now you got one, two, side. three oh. generations, right? Now they growing up in that atmosphere. No father no father. The girl No grandfather. No grandfather. <laughs> no great grandfather. And no husbands, right? And now they go to the school, right? They, they go to your school now now what class do you think they're gonna be in special education right because the mother's getting high and drinking and talking ish at the table and she's not doing homework with these kids she's not teaching them how to read because she probably can't read her damn self so and yeah, the grandmother don't want to get caught not knowing a word exactly <laughs> and the grandmother and the grandmother's probably the only one working and she's probably working some retail job and and the daughter just waiting for for the mom to get married or go away or die so she could get that project apartment so that her kid could have a kid in there too. Mm-hmm. And this is things that I've seen with my own eyes too. Mm-hmm. He's just watching it, yeah, repeat. Yeah. And they're watching me. A lot like, who does this guy think he is? He's going to school. I remember back in the days when I was working with these people in retail, I used to like, yeah, I'm going to school. They used to laugh at me like, this guy going to school, this little dude, he's sagging his pants, he's talking crazy, he's Till going to school. Moment. I'm like, man, I'm a show, y'all. I'm a gangster and a scholar. <laughs> See, they don't get us. I feel like we, we were a different class because it was always like, I feel connected to the hood. I guess that's the Canarsie thing in a sense of like, I feel like we're still partially hood, but then I also know what it means to be educated, business orientated, and investing. Like, I know to look for the future. I feel like the hood don't really look at the future. No, I mean it depends on what, what what hood gangsters you look up to. Cause like when we grew up, the person I listened to the most was Jay, and Jay always sold drugs to get out. Like every Facts. story was like, "Yo, I'm trying to get my mama out. I gotta look out for this, look the out art, for that." The artist back then was different too. Oh, we don't even want to talk about music on here. We could go all day. It was like <laughs> I think that's what this generation is missing. Is like to Are them, you? J Cole's boring. Yeah, Kendrick is boring. But it's like, if you really listen to what J. Cole talking about, he's talking about your life. He's talking about your father not being there, you not knowing right from wrong, you not knowing. They still want the braggadocious stuff, because, you know, I guess in the aspect, they want to feel good while listening to the music, because that was one thing Jay was, and Biggie, and I will say, what made the difference between Jay and Nas was, Jay was more of a fun listen to. You know, he still threw in those braggadocious lines that, made you feel good even think about dirt off your shoulder i probably owe it to y'all I'd probably be locked by the force but the whole type of vibe in the song was you know made you feel like you're a boss this <laughs> is true i would true. say they don't have or at least kendrick has some songs but i say j cole lately he hasn't been giving you those songs that make you feel like a boss you know? nah. he said he gave up on the people he's just chilling somewhere. <laughs> well, i mean you can't yeah i'm with j cole J. Cole's my guy first, man. Because, like, you got to really think about 
that battle though like if you a up and coming rapper like you ain't rapping for fun you rapping you just improve yourself like you like yo, i gotta kill these beats mm -hmm. but also i got my family i want to take care of i got all these people mm -hmm. and then if i'm preaching something to y'all that y'all like oh you know what i don't want to hear that you know what i'm still a businessman at the end of the day so i'm gonna go make my money mm -hmm. and then if i come back to it like Nas did the same thing like Nas realized like yo i'm not making no money with this conscious rap look at common yeah like look at all these dope rappers where it's like yo why is it that good? rappers it's like jay-z you know honestly i wanted to rap like common mm -hmm. sense but i sold three mil i ain't mm -hmm. rapping like common sense mm -hmm. you know? <laughs> that's and that's real talking like that's the same thing like, I think these kids are dealing with, like, when you teaching and you talking to them, they're like, yo, school's boring. Like, I just want to go make money. I feel like they don't, yeah, I get that, yeah. But their type of money isn't, like, I feel like they don't look at the game, the ending plan, you know. They just think, I got to get money however I could get money. I don't think they know what money is, bro. Because when I was getting street money, I thought I was getting money. If I get a couple thousand here and there, I thought I had money. I had money to, like, buy whatever I wanted, take out yeah. whatever girl I wanted, pay for a hotel and do what I had to do, and I felt like the man. What did you have to do? But <laughs> when, <laughs> but but when you get older, when you get older, you you realize a couple thousand is nothing. Like that's something that you drop on bills regularly on a regular yeah month. Yeah, and and if you was getting a few thousand here and there, like how these dope boys really get it, or these scammers, like here and there, I'll say like every other month or every few months not it wasn't consistent like a paycheck it was never consistent mm -hmm. and don't ever let them trick you into thinking that it's consistent because it's not it's not every game is up and down facts that's true you gotta start with slow money and end with slow money fast money is you know it's like something you do on the side it's not it's never supposed to be your main hustle your main hustle is supposed to be investing in slow money, saving. You don't got to wear the Hermes belt. <laughs> if you got it like that, then you're good. You're blessed. But don't be trying to get more than one Hermes belt just because you think all the girls is going to like you. <laughs> and those belts are uncomfortable anyway. <laughs> Like when you sit down, that yeah, big that buckle hurts the stomach. Your stomach bro. I had one in the past, man. and the bigger the buckle <laughs> is, like you think you start when you sit down, man. <laughs> nah, it hurts. Yeah. Shout to Eric Jean Baptiste. Stay on the check-in every week. He said it's institutional. Of course, the whole thing is institutional, and, and it's crazy how we fall into the institution of racism. But then we shun the institution of higher education that's going to take us out of that. You mm -hmm. understand? Like, we, that we I don't at, understand. We look at higher education as, you know, something that's going to hold us back, but it actually should level us up. Exactly. People are afraid of the money, though. Ma the majority of the educated Negroes have money. Mm-hmm. That's true. He also yeah. said big labels aren't going to promote truth tellers. That's a fact. A perfect example is this. Do you guys know that Shaquille O'Neal has a PhD? Yeah. He's he's Dr. Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah. So, yeah. so as much as you guys think that he's big and doofy and he's dumb. He's, a, he's as, an actor. <laughs> yeah. Even on Lil Wayne. Yeah. Don't Lil Wayne have one too? Yeah, Lil Wayne went back to college and got a degree. <laughs> Even Nick Cannon, he's in school right now. He's in college right yeah. now. But they don't brag about this stuff. They don't let you know about this stuff because it's too educational, I guess. Or Why junk. do you think these people are doing this and then they're going back to get their education there must be a reason they know that those games there's no longevity in those games that's fast money and you grab the bag and you go it was this guy facts who was playing football he played foot football for like two years and then he quit to become a road scholar i always said that's doctor. what i always did I yeah and then two other guys <laughs> did, did the, the same thing and now you see a lot of football players doing yeah. it they playing for like four four years and they quitting and people will are getting mad like why are you getting mad it's my body i'm the one that's sustaining brain and damage they, and they're catching on to it like i'm not stupid i'm not gonna play this and damage the rest of my life for uh, for 15 years i'm gonna be ruined for like 40. <laughs> but you only quit once you've already come up with that plan like yeah. those players that quit like they they, they already the knew they was they yeah. already knew they was leaving from college <laughs> like, yeah. i'm gonna go i'm gonna get a nice foundation so when i leave with this free education I'm gonna take, mm -hmm. now I'm gonna be able to go build this foundation 
and work then, from there and work for myself because they were saying today i was literally listening to dame dash shout out to dame dash he was saying that the jobs that they promote to black people are lottery jobs rapper basketball player baseball player uh, those are lottery jobs only one percent of the people that's going for those jobs make that job. On the average team, it's only a roster of, what, 20 people, right? Stephen A. Smith mm-hmm. said something about that. So, like, if there's only 20 people on a team, and there's, like, what, 21 teams or 31 teams or something like that? 32. 32 teams, I think. Or 30 teams, right? Mm-hmm. And there's only 20 spots on each team. But how much colleges is around the country? Huh. How much kids are playing on each team? Huh. So, and you look at the draft, the draft only drafts, like, how much, 100 kids a year? Mm-hmm. So, I think the first round is what? Even if you, no matter how people? you do the math, you're looking at less than 10%, less than 5%. It's right? 1%, yeah. bro. 1%. But I think what we got to start doing is educating black kids. Like, you can still want to be a basketball player and just get that free education. Of like, course. you're not going to make it to the league. Don't but, even care about that. Make, but, have another plan, you know. Have that be like plan C, you know. If I get into the league, congratulations, you know. Yeah. But don't let that be your... Your driver's seat. Get that free education, and then you do whatever you want with it, because they can't take that from you. Of course. And, like, a lot of these people don't realize wealth isn't how much money is in your bank account. Mm. When they run your credit score, what could you get? Exactly. Like, do you need to put a down payment to be able to walk away with, or is your credit score good enough? Do they trust you? Exactly. Do they trust you? We we, we had a formal... A former NBA player come on the show, Nigel Bynum. Um, he played for the New York Knicks, matter of fact, and he went to St. Francis. Um, full scholarship, he went there for free, and he was saying that he played in the NBA for a few years, and then when he wasn't all that good, he went overseas, made a couple dollars over there, and then when he retired, he went back to his home country. Uh, I believe he's from Trinidad, and he started buying Trinidad. real estate out there, and started flipping cribs out there to the point where, you know, his money was way longer over there yeah. and so he's just a landlord that's all he does it's just buy he just owns the houses yeah rent them out so he don't gotta do anything else for the rest of his life and yeah. he owns real estate in the u.s too so he doesn't even work anymore and that's the that's how we gotta think where okay what can i do to get this big bag but once i get the bag how do i diversify how it do you and flip keep flipping the bag it? exactly because even Stop some, thinking small money. Exactly, because even if you do get a big bag, if you blow through it too fast, then it's gone. But a lot of them, they don't teach. That's another thing. I, they don't I was, teach it in school either. They don't teach it in school, man. They don't teach that. Y'all gonna stop coming at school. <laughs> Y'all gonna stop coming at education. Like, All right, we, we're not just gonna say school, but it's the parents to teach too. It though. It, and I think that's the bigger key. Yeah, like, it's the parents. My mom taught me financial stability. Like, mm. no school, no college, not my undergrad, not my masters, mm-hmm. not teaching now. Like, my mom taught me financial stability that if my credit score ain't good enough it don't matter how much money i make Fact. but your mom was smart enough to know that because i'm pretty sure your mom's educated too right yeah but she never like she educated to like high school some college mm-hmm. but life educated her too yeah like life in. is the best teacher of all man <laughs> it's only a good teacher if you're able to be a teacher eventually and teach other people mm-hmm. a wise man once said that i made it to i made it I already made it to, to I already made it to your age. Your goal is to make it to my age. And I think that goes over the head of a lot of people. You understand? A sense of experience. Yeah. That's the that's the biggest factor. I remember I was almost murdered at twenty one and now I'm thirty one. So when I look back at kids that's like in their teens and in their twenties, I'm like, yo, most of the things that you claiming to do I did it for real. So <laughs> you could just hold that for yourself. I'm just trying to teach you a better way to do better. I'm this trying to tell you what to do after that. Yeah, <laughs> like, there's nothing wrong with selling down. There's nothing wrong with getting a job. There's nothing wrong with, with going to school. There's nothing wrong with paying taxes and living a regular life. There's nothing wrong with that. You get to go home every day and live your life and enjoy life. And when you make enough, you'll, you'll go on vacation, enjoy yourself. And when you make it to a certain position where you're making money, you get to invest and live an even better life. Let me say, can I say... What do y'all think the biggest enemy for this for the millennials is social media? I think so. Because I think Sometimes. even when they go on these traveling trips, they're not going to actually enjoy it. Because of how we are, we grew up like 
like J. Cole said, the middle child. I feel mm-hmm. like we're right between both generations. So I feel like I go out to these places and I don't think to pull out my camera. I get mad later on because I'm like, oh, damn, that would have been a good <laughs> flick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's, but, Sometimes the picture is good because you get to seize the moment and you get to save that moment exactly. in time. I feel like there's good. memories that I have that are better than the pictures. Yeah. But I'll, you can't knock social media because social media is also creating how many African American millionaires as well. Like yeah. this, this show, this and, business. And I was, and I think that there's a certain aspect, like with anything, too much is bad. Of course. Yeah. Right. But if we can teach the people under us, and I think like that's our job as the middle child, right? It's like, I can't look down on you because you don't know. You don't know what you don't know. And it's Facts. my fault you don't know what you know because I'm not teaching you. Exactly. Facts. Like, the OGs, like my cousin, even like Ricard for us, mm-hmm. like would pull us aside and just give us the game. Like, it wasn't like, yo, your generation is trash. It's like, yo, this is what you're about to walk into. Mm-hmm. Start making some better moves. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, that's what we need to do is like, yo, like, just reach back and grab one person. Like, yo, like, yeah, you got, you're going to hug the block. Cool. What you doing with that money after? Like instead Buy of back the block, exactly. Right? Instead <laughs> of your re up, like go. You don't own the block, but you does exactly. So like, put in work. Exactly. <laughs> how do you like? How do we help? Because we can't change them. Facts. So it's like, like especially now, look at my daughter. Like yo, she's gonna have a phone. She so, already knows how to use a phone, probably, right? Yo, she pick up anything, a remote. She put it straight to her head. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, my daughter knows how to. Pop the it? phone, <laughs> put it to my face, unlock it, and then go on YouTube. And, do what she do. and when I don't give her the phone, she's like, phone, 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 phone. I'm like, no. She's like, why? why? <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's going to be a problem later. I'm oh, like, don't ask me why. Don't sit down. And then she'll cry. She'll be like, my nephew wanted an iPhone at the age of 10, and we're like, who are you calling? Yo, you got give no it to girls. him, man. Give it to Yo. him, because he could be a coder. He could be a social media, if like he could do so much. Like we just need to, like you know what? Like you, you're you right. grow up the way I grew up. Yeah, they didn't. Just be better. They than can't. You. They can't really. They can't have that opportunity. They'll never experience. They're developing fast, bro. Because if you look at it, my daughter could use the phone and go on YouTube. There's some people, parents, that can't even do that. Exactly. My parents just learned how to use smartphones like two, three years ago. My mom just started texting. She just started texting on WhatsApp, bro. The wow. Caribbean hotline. Yeah, the hotline. <laughs> the Haitian hotline. The hotline. That's the West. That's the West. They're like, oh, you have WhatsApp? That's all the West Indies. They just they treat that like that's their Facebook. Like, yeah, <laughs> WhatsApp. And they send videos. Yeah, they, they send, be posting their yeah. video on there. Forwarding back and forth yeah. and change their status. Like, <laughs> and they send um, prayers the in the morning time. <laughs> <laughs> Got statuses and everything. Like, get out of here, yeah. bro. That's their Facebook for <laughs> they real. Have, they have pictures posted up in suits. <laughs> you know, yeah, you know, the, you know the, the Caribbean picture where you with the flowers or the tree or something. Oh, you got to be next to the trees in the Caribbean next. picture. You can't be Facts. either that or on the beach. <laughs> I took well, 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 those pictures too against the tree. I was like, yeah. 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 I got, I got a couple of them out there too. Man, you yeah. got to, especially when you get a nice little tree. Like, this is it. <laughs> it's the moment. I've been waiting for this. Yeah, I'm gonna post this. <laughs> the mindset behind the picture, like, yeah, 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 yeah. big man. But I think that's what we could do, like, just. If we help out the person coming up. Yeah, I think it's our time to start speaking to these young cats. Yeah. I think a lot of these elders we could say is trash because they were so they were so fixated on holding their position that they didn't mm-hmm. teach the, the those that came after them how to move. Snoop Dogg actually blamed himself in terms of, he was like, he blamed the older heads that how rap became. He was like, he don't got a problem with every young kid having their new flow, but... He was like, us older heads didn't really give them a direction. Yeah, we didn't put them on. Yeah, like, we didn't, we were just, you know, braggadocious, of course, because this is what rap is about, but mm-hmm. I think they heard a different message when everyone was like, yeah, I'm smoking, we had to get high. It was usually, I'm grieving for my brother just died or something like that, you mm-hmm. know, let's pour some Henny for our brother that passed. I think they're just doing it, they don't even got no family or anything like that. They don't really, nowadays, a 15-year friendship, bro, they don't they don't even have two, three years worth. 
don't. After they leave high school, they don't even remember those kids. Like <laughs> it's a microwave society. Yeah, they really quick on everything. Their friendship, their love life. And the thing is, it transitioned from drug dealers to, to drug users. And mm-hmm. the drug dealers was was selling drugs to diversify their income and to invest in other things like Jay Z, obviously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now it's like the drug users where they're doing drugs like, yeah, all my friends are dead. I'm about to die I too. I hate that damn song. Now let me get high. I got I got a bit of contrarian. <laughs> <laughs> like I I naturally agree with y'all, but like Twenty One Savage said in the interview, Jay Z was rapping about his experiences, mm-hmm. which was him selling drugs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. These young dudes is talking about their experiences. Who was Jay Z was selling drugs to who? These young kids' families. Like, like the same way we grew up on this music. Twenty one. I'm just using his name or yeah, I know Kodak what Black. These kids grew up to their an environment to their parents being the people those. buying the drugs. So That's we just fine. like I just we can just also just be like you know what? So we victim of the aftermath. Exactly. Like we got to take some responsibility in that. And then, like, we gotta look back instead of saying, like, yo, like, 6 9 like, yeah, you crazy, but what did we do to contribute to you feeling that was the only way you could come up? Mm. Like, being somebody completely opposite of who you are. One of the things that the judge did, the the judge mandated him to go to mental health counseling because a lot of these people are suffering from mental health problems. And unfortunately, they self medicating themselves by taking drugs and alcohol. And that's creating a bigger problem. It created a huge problem because now their their rap careers are lasting like three years. Before you had longevity in the game, like if you <laughs> three years, bro, I give them two. <laughs> yeah, like two years, an album and a half, call it. Yeah, that. one hot pretty summer, much. one hot summer, summer, pretty much. <laughs> one hot summer on a tour. That's Except it. Bobby, Bobby, cool forever. <laughs> Bobby's real old. <laughs> Bobby Smurda? Bobby, oh, Bobby Smurda. Bobby, <laughs> Bobby Smurda, man. You know I'm from Brooklyn, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 that was the realest thing ever, though. Like, him taking more time. Oh, for his man to get less time? Dude, that's, is that real or was that stupid? I mean, you could compare 6 9 to Bobby Smurda. I mean,. As in, as in, as in, they had two different routes. Right. Bobby kept it a buck. He didn't snitch. He didn't fold. He didn't roll. He, he held it down and he looked out for his man. Six nine. Everybody was for themselves. Kill or be killed. He snitched on everybody. And they said that even after he gets out of jail, he's still gonna be an informant. I mean, yeah. You can only speak from the outside, I guess. We can also only speak from the outside. But I feel like if it's you know, my brothers is my brothers like my mother's kids, you know. If it's like that type of relationship with your family, you know, then mm-hmm. it's like then you don't snitch. But I guess in six nine case he's probably a part of the new millennials and the aspect of, you know, they've brothers for like the day. I swear these sisters be having their friends for like one week and it'd be like, F that chick I ain't told that quick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like they quick. just it's, it's microwave relationship. Yeah, like they really so I guess they don't really have that, you know, deep relation. They don't really get deep with anything except so, their sensitivity. So would you have snitched, though, bro? That's that's the million-dollar question. If you had your family the way it is right now set up, you got your family, you got kid at home. take the hit for everybody. And it was you take the hit for everybody or you being able to come home and raise your kid. His baby mother's arguing that he wasn't really raising his kid, using her as a pawn. Oh, I see that. Nah, but I'm just being okay. You know, in more of a more I, I mean, situation. Like, I mean, but yeah, even though still, like, the kid is a kid. Like, yeah. I think that has to have some aspect. Like, you gotta have that father figure. A lot of people saying that. Really that is, it's important. Got me you everybody would tell. I, I, I keep it a stack. I think everybody is tough. Mm. I think if telling can get you out, I think anybody is tough. Only because of the kid. Man. I think it depends on how much of a gangster you are. If you're like, yo, I'm a gangster, this, this is what I'm doing, that's how it's going to go down. It depends on your code, yeah. True. yeah. True. You're going you gonna to like, yo, I'm going to hold it down at the end of the day. But if you're just doing it for show and you're not really gangster, you're like, yo, I'm not about this life. This is getting too much for me. I'm out. <laughs> like, oh, I got to go in? the jail <laughs> i've seen it happen where like i was 
I, I used to chill with these kids. Like, they swore that they were gangster. Like, they swore that, that they were gangbanging and they was doing all this and doing all that. This is down the block. And then, <laughs> then we caught a charge and whatnot, and we went to jail. And the same kid who was thinking that he was a gangster, he was in a cell crying. Like, I seen him crying. And mm-hmm. I was like, yo, you're good as a... Yeah, yeah, and he's in the, he's in the corner crying. So, a different cough. Man. So <laughs> I'm sure if the charges was any more serious, he probably would have told. Yeah. You're right. I mean, it is what it is. Like when you in the cell and they and 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 you gotta understand, these people know how to manipulate you. They'll tell you that the next man told on you. So you oh, I don't watch too many then, shows you know, and all that. They, Law and order. They order. really <laughs> they really do that because they did it to me. Mm-hmm. You know, they told me, yeah, this guy already told on you. You might as well tell him, blah, blah, this and that. Or save yourself. Or write a statement and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And at the time, I was like, yo, am I going to still keep my job? He was like, oh, well, well, we don't know, blah, blah. I'm like, you know what? I ripped the paper up. I threw it in their face. And I told them, SMD. And as soon as I got up, <laughs> and as soon as I got up, I seen the two white cops, and I was like, damn. It's over for me. <laughs> and then I seen him come around the corner crying. Like he was crying. And I was like, all right. And I was like, it is what it is. You know? Not everybody is built for that situation. Sure. And you got to respect that. Like, you know, not not all the people that you hang out with that claims to be a gangster is going to be a gangster. Sometimes you're going to have to just take yeah. an L. You'll find out in the moment. You find. When I was younger, we was fighting a fair fight. But then. People who was claiming to be goons, claiming to be gangster, what happened? They ran away and I got jumped. So I've been through those situations. A lot of these dudes, like, they're not built the way that they portray to be built. Like, you better off just being doly because at least when you doly, you know that you could you could hold yourself down, yeah, you know? Exactly. You wouldn't put yourself in that situation where you think you got the numbers and then you don't got the numbers. Because that's the worst feeling <laughs> in the world, <laughs> trust me. That type of flip. I mean... You would see, you bro? have told, bro? Nah, I wouldn't. It, it all, let me tell you what would make the deciding factor. If I told my boys I wouldn't tell, then I got no choice but not to tell, man. Mm-hmm. If I never had to make that promise, like say we did something and it was like that was not on the table, then it's a harder decision for me. But if I already told them, I feel like I'm breaking a promise. and okay. I'm BK Truth, man. I can't, the I best can't way do that to do no dirt, bro, <laughs> it's, 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 The best way to do dirt, bro, is on your lonely. That's real. That's Cause, real. Because you won't tell on yourself. And, and you, you won't tell get nobody yourself, else in that situation. Exactly. You know? and if you tell on yourself, you take the plea. Like, yeah, I confess. Give me a plea. That's So closing thoughts, gentlemen, so you get up out of here. Uh, education is the key, man. Kings raise kingdoms, man. Do your thing, man. Do your thing. When he went into the teacher world, let me say this. <laughs> he went, he was at, He's still a, a I don't know. I, we're gonna put this with a question mark. Angry Haitian, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that used to be his name. <laughs> but he's made. He's showing a lot more progress now, and I'll say a lot more patience. So do your thing, man. Lead those kids, man. We need that. <laughs> yo, it's yo. Education is the key, man. Especially growing up in Kanasi when Kanasi was Kanasi, like it wasn't schemas, like. Drug dealers. <laughs> 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 like the, oh yeah, much like, better light. Like, <laughs> criminals was different. Like it was, it was drug dealers, and it was like, yo, you don't walk down this block by yourself unless you know such and such right in the middle of the block. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and so, you can't say that name on the block. That you, you know, can't say name. I'm not. I don't say names, but it's like right. There was one by Kanasi. There's a couple of spots where it's like you didn't go by yourself. Yeah, yeah. But it's like. That was still education. Like, my cousin educated me early. Like, yo, maneuver. Street education. Like, exactly. Maneuver correctly. Like, be a man in your word. And I think, like, mm-hmm. we just got to give back. Like, I, like that's why I went into teaching. Like, I, I left Wall Street. I left immigration. I left, like, an easier job, an easy nine to five. Because, like, yo, I got to get one person. Mm-hmm. As long as I get one person to just wake up. Mm-hmm. And I'm good, and then that person, and then you did I'm, more than a lot of people out there, and then eventually that, uh, like hopefully that just keep transition. Flags, flags. Shout to Eric Jean Baptiste. This is a closing word. He said the number one thing you learn in college is that to be successful, you never stop learning. That's that, deep. That's the, how you stay young. The day the man <laughs> start learning is the day that he dies.
Amen. So shout out to everybody that's been watching. Shout out to everybody that's been supporting. Shout out to all of you that watched tonight. Um, you can subscribe to our YouTube at The Real Word TV. One word, The Real Word TV. The Real Word Ministries, Inc. on Instagram. That's The Real Word Energy. The Real Word Ministries, Inc. on Instagram. Watch us on The Brick. Um, and we see you guys next week for the last episode of the season before we close out. Um, any of you guys willing to pray? I did last week, just saying. You want to pray? Nah, I don't think I'm the right person. <laughs> Why not? Nah, I'm not, a, I'm not a prayer type of guy. I, I don't think you I'm You could give us five seconds. Five All right, seconds. I got you. I what do I just, just buy? Has a highest work. I'll be your vibe go, man. Go ahead, bro. We're going to try this. All right. Please, Lord, bless us, niggas. Thank you for bringing us together today. Thank you for watching over us as we made our paths. Uh, continue to watch over us, continue to bless the show. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. And that's the real word, guys. See you next you week. You heard that? <laughs>